As a leader in advanced HVAC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness, with a focus on personal comfort and prosperous communities. Mitsubishi offers a variety of indoor options, including high-wall floor mount, duct handlers, and extremely popular one-way ceiling cassette. Climate systems are great for a single room or the entire home, providing 100% capacity to minus 5 degrees. A full range of control options including Wi-Fi, touchscreen, and thermostats, and simple remotes are available to meet every customer's needs. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. For more information, go to MitsubishiComfort.com. Paul Gallagher is a guest advocate results driver, and coach. Currently, he is the Director of Sales for the Great American Home Store, a top 100 furniture and bedding retailer. Previously, he served in sales management for the DSG DBA Ashley Furniture Home Store Group, a top 50 furniture and bedding retailer. He was also a furniture store owner and operator. Welcome, Paul. Good morning. Mark Madison here on Books and People. Today, I am so happy to have my old friend Paul Gallagher on the show. Paul, how are you? Great. It's a great day in Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis? Yep. Now, <laughs> where, when did we meet? We met, um, I believe it was freshman year of high school. Was it in an open gym? Could have been. Could have been at some uh, basketball practice, yeah. Yeah, every Saturday morning from 10 to 2, the gym would be open. And I think that's the first time we met. You could have, you sort of stood out too, Mark, being uh, six, seven. Yeah. Hard to plus miss. I was, plus, I was a jerk. So there was that. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I would say confident. <laughs> yeah, I had a bit of a swagger. So hopefully some of that's gone. But, uh we became fast friends and uh we had a pretty good basketball team our senior year we did we, we had a really good team um i remember going to uh south kitsap remember that game oh like it was yesterday you want me to tell you a funny story yes sir all right so south Kits kitsap is pretty much out in the country back then anyway i'm not sure what it is now but um we drove up in the bus and um, it was just like a big, big barn. And yes. we said, is this Lori Plane?" And, like, <laughs> and at the time, if you remember, uh, they were ranked number three in the state. We were yes. in the state. Yes. So it was a big game. And um, we walked into the, um, the gym and it was packed. I mean, it was... I'm not sure how many people, but at least over a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred. It was the biggest game in in the going on at the time uh, for both schools. Standing room only. Yeah, I remember. I remember that the game was back and forth, and of course you were playing all the minutes, and I was on the bench uh, supporting you and the other guys. But uh, there's a kid named Skip Bullock, and we always played jokes on each other. And it was about 35 seconds left in the game. 
and it was tied up and they call timeout and Skip goes, hey, Paul, Paul, coach wants you in. So I stood up, took off my warm-up pants. I wasn't expecting to get in the game at all and took off my uh, warm-up top, threw it on the ground, ran up to coach. Yeah, coach. He goes, Gallagher, what are you doing? Go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and Skip and some of the other guys are just cracking up laughing, man. It was so embarrassing. Get in there, Paul. It was funny, though. <laughs> but well, I, I remember we won that game, like 83-81 in overtime. Yeah. It was a barn burner. And and the year before, <laughs> we played them at home, and they were really good then, too. And I remember Roger took me out in the fourth quarter and put in Stu Empson, and I it's like, well, I was having a really good game. I had like 18 points. And uh, I guess with about, I don't know, a minute to go or something, he puts me back in. And I was so mad that I had to sit. I just, with about 10 seconds to go, I just did a turnaround jump shot from like 25 feet. And it went in. <laughs> and we won. But I shot it because I was mad. Not because, you know, it was a good, a good yeah. shot. Oh, yeah. So sometimes resentment can be a good thing. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, that was a long time ago, Bat. That was back then. It was disco. Now it's Costco. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's a hard to believe it's going to be uh, fifty years in the company. I know that's that's just crazy. Yeah. So you you moved into the area, right? Right. In like in ninth grade, from where? Um. No, actually, I went to uh, I went to Holy Rosary. Okay, the Catholic school, sure. That's why I didn't know you in junior high. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to, uh, that was up to eighth grade. And then ninth grade, I went to uh, Edmonds Junior High. And then from there, I went to Woodway. So okay. I was there for a few years um, before that. But we, we moved up from uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. Okay. We, yeah. Well, your dad was at the post office. He had a pretty high up position, yeah? Yes, yes, he was a postal inspector. And so you and I were really close our senior year and my first year of college, but then you moved to Memphis uh, because well, your dad relocated, yeah? He, he, he moved to uh, L.A. and um, That's right. We, um, we uh, moved down there. I went to Cal State University for a year, and then he was transferred to Memphis. That's right. That's how I ended up in Memphis. And you end up going to Memphis State, but tell the story about. So you walked up to the, to the bulletin board at the at the university, and you were looking for a job. Tell us that story. Well, so what happened was I mean, we got we got here in basically June, and in Memphis it's extremely hot. The humidity is super high. Mm -hmm. uh, close to a hundred with uh, humidity and it's really, if you've never been a, 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 in a summer day in the South, um, it's really uh, eye opening, but um, sweating so, like a farm animal. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't used to that, but anyway, um, so I was at, I was going to Memphis state university at the time. It's now university of Memphis. Um, but I, there was a job placement center and I needed a part-time job. So there was this job at this uh, local furniture store, and I, I went into the uh, store, uh, met the owner, and he said, yeah, I need somebody to just do some uh, 
you know, some labor around the stores, clean up, that sort of stuff. But first I need, we've got some leaks in our roof and I need you uh, take this bucket of tar and <laughs> patch these little leaks up. So of course I had no idea of what I was getting into. And um, the only thing I had to wear for work was my old Dairy Queen outfit. I used to work at that Dairy Queen on Edmonds Way. Remember that? Is that still? There? I worked there too, Paul. That was my first yeah. job. Yeah. So I had my white pants and my white shirt, my white <laughs> with so black tar. Part of the roof, yeah. So I got up there and um, did the job. It's about three hours, but I almost had heat stroke. I mean, my temperature must have been 110, but I was just re ready to fall out. And when I walked down, I told the guys, I'm done, you know, I, I got it finished. And I guess they thought I was going to quit. So they offered me uh, a little bit more in pay to stay and uh, ended up starting my career there at the furniture store. And you ascended to first into sales and then into management. And at some point, did, did the owner not, uh, he didn't want you to leave. So he offered you ownership in the store. Is that how it went? Well, what happened was, uh, not at that time, but um, I was still relatively young. But when I graduated, I had a job with uh, lined up with uh, Xerox, the copying machine place. Yeah. Um, I was going to travel on the road with them. And um, I actually accepted the job. And then I, I went to um, my boss at the furniture store and told him that, you know, I was going to give him my notice and thanked him for everything. And uh, he says, well, I don't want you to leave. I'm opening up another store. I want you to manage it. He said, I'm paying you. And I gave him the figure they're paying me. And he said, I'll double it if you stay with me. So at that time, I was young, you know, and it was a good offer. So I decided to stay. Xerox's loss and his gain. Yeah, yeah. And then after a few years, uh, we started franchising the stores and my wife and I owned a franchise for about six years. That's right. And, and then what happened? Well, they, they ended up going uh, out of business. Um, I had sold my uh, part uh, back to the um, owners of the store uh, before that happened. And then I worked for uh, Ashley. Ashley. That's right. And their, their, their names were the Spencers and they were relatively new in the furniture business and they hired me to uh, run their flagship store. And um, it's really quite a success story for them. They're in the, in the top 10 retailers now. They're almost a billion dollar company and they just started out with that one store. And mm. so- You got in on the ground floor. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was a really good ride. And then I left them and um, one of the gentlemen I worked with at uh, the first place I worked for um, owned a store, or owned uh, four or five stores, and he asked me to come work for him. And now I'm here um, as his sales director. And so now you manage, what, 50 salespeople? Yeah, between 50 and 60. We have uh, two main stores, very high volume stores, and uh, we have uh, two outlet stores. All in the uh, Memphis region, South Haven, Mississippi, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. What I remember about you, Paul, uh, when we were young was two things. Number one, you had a great sense of humor. And number two, 
you genuinely cared about other people and consequently you listened you were a really good listener and in 1994 i came down to memphis uh to do some work with fedex and you and i went to a barnes and noble and i was looking to buy a new journal and i couldn't decide between these two and i said what do you think paul and you said to me well you said you like the way that this one looks but you love the way this one feels you said you should go with the one that feels right. Yeah. And that's when I realized what a great listener you were. And I ended up buying the journal that felt right. Right. And I still have it, you know, it's a green cover, but the, <laughs> the point is you, your ability and willingness in a, uh, to, to listen uh, is extraordinary. And do you think that's played a part in your success? Oh, most definitely. I mean, that's probably one of the things that made me, uh, if you would call it successful. Um, but but this is a people business. Someone told me once, Mark, if, if you don't understand people, you can't understand business. Right. And people are, are the business. And not only employees, but your customers. Uh, we call them guests. Um, but especially employees, though. So you have to be a very good listener. Part, part of our coaching program uh, and what, what I've learned through the years is that, you know, you can, it's hard to change uh, people's behaviors if you don't change their beliefs. Mm. So you have to find out what those beliefs are. And you try to make them aligned with yours to the point where you can create a, a, a great business culture. And if you can do that inside the store, um, you can do that with your guests coming into the store too. So, um, so that's where uh, listening to people um, is, is paramount for me anyway. You're creating your own little universe there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't and, know about and as, as the coach goes, so goes the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you, you were telling me about one of your top salesmen. And you said every year he's at the very top. And then you proceeded to explain some of the things he does. Would you mind kind of retelling that? Yeah. So this gentleman's name's Everett. Um, he's been in the furniture business for about 12 years. Um, he's um, out of all our salespeople. He's our top one. He's consistently number one. And not only in sales volume, but we measure um, conversion, average sale, uh, revenue per guest. Um, we sell a protection plan and, and we sell mattresses and accessories. So every year since I've been here, which is roughly, this is going on my sixth year, um, he's ranked number one, not only in one or two categories, but all, all the categories that we have. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a, we give him a reward for that in the year for all our top riders. But um, he's consistently um, at the top. And, and the reason why, and, and he's, he's told me that he's got a, a system in place that, that works for him. Um, and he's very consistent. So if we have a customer coming in looking for, uh, say, a pair of lamps, um, or if they're looking for a whole houseload of furniture, he's going to give them the exact same level of uh, service and attention which is hard to do day in and day, day out. You'd also said that he sends handwritten thank you notes. Oh yeah. So, you know, 
we make that mandatory, but I, I'm a believer. I, I did it myself when I was coming up through the ranks that, you know, not only thank you notes, but follow-up notes, thinking of you notes. Um, so we, we have a, a platform where we use that uh, with, and mostly with um, thank, uh, cards, um, postcards, and, and now it's gone into more of a, a texting type thing too. Um, so it's just about building that relationship with the, with the customer. Right. I learned a long time ago, if you're going to connect with somebody, you've got to send them a text, send them an email, send them a phone call, or send a note, right? And then however they respond to you is the way they like to communicate. Exactly. I call it the platinum rule, you know, just... We, we actually asked them um, at the, at the, if the customer leaves, you know, we asked them how they would like to be communicated with. Oh, that's really smart. That's so yeah. simple. Yeah. And if they bought something, we asked them the same question too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I stumbled on it. Yeah. Um, it's all about relationship building and, and those, those are the, and not only in our business, but any business, um, it's about relationships. I really believe that with all my heart and soul. I mean, you, we do business with people first, institutions second. Oh, yeah. And that's how you built your business, too, Mark. I mean, I, I see your um, blogs and your posts and all that. And uh, always reaching out to your clients and, and you know, uh, do, you know, do the best you can to, to uh, connect with them. Right. Yeah. Marketing 101. Keep strict accounts and stay in touch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really all my easing has been since 2003 is a way for me to connect with uh, past clients and friends. And, you know, the reality is even if they don't read the electronic newsletter, uh, I'm in their inbox. And so once a month, there's my name. Right. Sure. It's almost like saying I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, it only takes one. It only takes one person to call me to say, "Hey, I read your easy, and it's great. Listen, what are you what are you doing in December? How's your schedule?" Right to pay for the whole year. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so simple, but That's, but not easy. No, it's not. Uh, it takes uh takes discipline and commitment, right? Right. Yeah, I, I love to write, so that to me it isn't like it's work. Oh, I was yeah. sitting in a coffee shop one day, Paul, a Walnut Cafe in Edmonds like on a Sunday at like seven o'clock in the morning and I was writing an article for a magazine and this woman said to me, you're working on a Sunday. And I said, it's Sunday. <laughs> and the reason you laugh is you know exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're self-employed when you call in sick, you know, you're lying. Yeah. You know, you're the worst boss you ever had and the best. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do remember this Mark, that you're very, very, and you still are very passionate and whatever the task is, whatever you're doing, um, you're very passionate about it. And, and that's really a, a key to success. You got, you got to enjoy what you're doing and, and love it. Right. It, for me, what I do, Paul, as you well know, uh, isn't a job or a career. It's a calling. Right. And you remember I, I put together a skit in high school at an assembly. I mean, I masterminded the whole thing. I directed it. It was like my whole life I've been doing stuff like that, but I never – made the connection between that and what I do now. You know what I mean? My whole life is littered with examples of me being in front of people, making them laugh or telling stories. And I never thought that somebody would actually pay you to do that. Right. right? 
So. Yeah. Yeah. Makes it even better, huh? Yeah. I, I appreciate the, those kind words, though. That's nice, Paula. Thank you. Uh, so speaking, speaking of qualities and characteristics that are central to success, what other things do you think are central if you're going to succeed in business in addition to passion? You know what? You have to be organized. Um, you have to have a plan each day. Um, you have to be able to work through that plan, um, finish it up. Uh, just the consistency. Um, for You have to have a great attitude. Um, you have to come into work and put everything else behind you, whatever you have at home or any other place, you got to just focus on what you're doing that particular day. So I kind of look at it as a day to day type thing. Right. You really have a plan and, um, and, and, you know, things come up you just got to deal with those. But, um, so I would say just being organized and, and have the plan for the most part. Yeah, that's a great point. There's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And he talks about a, a young man who graduated from college and went to work for a bank uh, up in British Columbia. And he he just he decided he was going to make 100 phone calls a day. Right. So he got two big jars and got those giant paper clips and put 100 of them in a jar on the right hand side of his desk. And every time he made a phone call, he'd move a paper clip over to the empty jar to the left. And he said he didn't go home for the day until all the paper clips were were emptied from the right hand jar into the left. Wow. Can you imagine a hundred phone calls a day every day for like six months? Wow. And, you know, at the end of the year, he was the top salesman. Two years later, he was a sales manager. And then two years after that, he was a district manager making four times what he was making before. Oh, wow. wow. And I love that story because it speaks to what you just said, consistency. Yeah. Having yeah. a plan. Being organized. Yeah. Just one day at a time, right? That's all it is, yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty catchy phrase. I'm going to write that one down. One day at a time. Got it. <laughs> what? So you're not a spring chicken. Uh, what What does the future hold for Paul Gallagher? You know, I think... And by I'm, the way, I'm not a spring chicken either, Paul, because we're the same age, so... <laughs> you know what? I, I think that, um, you know, I, I like, I love what I do. Um, right. You said it's not really a job for me. So uh, right now, this moment, I'm still planning to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, at some point, though, I'd like to um, um, be closer to my grandkids. They're in, they're in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Right. So I'm not sure. He's in the military, so I'm not sure how long he'll be there. But um, I mean, in San Antonio. But uh, at some point, I'd like to be close to them. He's in the Army, yeah? Yes, yes. And you've told me this before, but you, you feel comfortable telling me what he does or did, uh, you'd yeah, have to kill me so if he did. He's working for, uh, arm North, which is, um, and he's in the military intelligence officer. So wow. he's primarily working with, uh, uh, South America and Mexico, um, with the armed forces there. And didn't you tell me he went through a, a language program? So he's pretty much fluent in Spanish English program in, um, Monterey, California, and then they sent him to uh, Washington, D.C. to go to Georgetown to complete his uh, uh, master's degree there. And then um, he spent some time in Columbia, Bogota, Colombia, at the embassy there. Wow. With their military. So, yeah, he really, he really enjoys it. 
really, really likes it. He's gonna think his life's like a James Bond movie, Admiral Bond. Yeah, yeah. And then my <laughs> sells uh, Commander Bond. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he's smarter than his old man, too. Yeah, both my kids are. My daughter's in Nashville and uh, she's in sales for uh, Aflac and um, she really enjoys it. Oh, that's so great, Paul. That's no surprise. You and Lisa are great parents. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when I told my kids from the time they're old enough to understand, I said, your future's so bright it burns my eyes. You're going to go so much farther than I ever did in school, sports, and business. Yeah. And it ended up becoming self-fulfilling prophecy. They have. They've, they've just outstripped me in every way. Yeah. You know? and, and I'm jealous, too, that you're so close to your kids as far as the uh, proximity. And, and, and you know, that's, that's a great thing. Well, thank you. I, my wife has put me on notice that we're not going anywhere, right? Because the kids are all close by. Yeah. How long so, have you been recording? It's been over 40 years? 43. Yeah, it'd be 44 in, in 44. See, I better get this right. June. Yeah. I'm coming up on my 39th. Well, I will tell you from experience, the 40th year is the worst. <laughs> if you can get past that, it's all downhill. Why is that the worst? Oh, I'm just kidding. I know. I know. It's just a joke. Well, before we run out of time here, uh, I just want to... Uh, First of all, thank you for making the time because I know you're a busy guy and it's just so great to talk to you. Every time we talk, in fact, the last time we talked on the phone, I said, we should do this in a podcast because right. we always have interesting conversations, right? Thank you. Yes. I, I so parting advice for someone to succeed in business and life because you've done both, my friend. You've got a beautiful family and uh, you've been wildly successful in business. I would what, say uh, the same Martin is kind of cliche-ish, but I would say treat people like you would want to be treated yourself. Uh, the golden rule. And I think if you can do that um, in everything you do, I think you'll come out okay. That's pretty good advice. Let me write that one down. Treat people the way... You <laughs> <laughs> That's well, the thing is, we've all heard that a hundred times, but it, it, it's easy to say, but it's not it's easy to do. to do. Sometimes, yeah, it is. Yeah, having empathy and compassion and, and patience and consideration, those aren't things that come easy to guys like me, especially as competitive as you know I am. I got uh, to ask you to do one thing for me before we leave. Sure, buddy. Root for the Grizzlies. Oh, first round. Yeah, so they're 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 gonna play it looks like LA. LA I think plays Minnesota tonight. Yeah, at the play in. Yeah. Yes. And uh, that's going to be a tough out for the Grizzlies. L.A.'s on a hot streak. But anyway, uh, just root for my team. Yeah, well, I can do, will do. L.A.'s old and broken down. Come on. Grizzlies well, I, got I, it. I grew up watching the Supersonics and went to Lenny Wilkins' day camps and all that. And, oh, uh, yeah, me too. Great time. Had yeah. Great. It, that, uh, it just means we're old when you say names like Lenny yeah. Wilkins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. One of the highlights for me was Evan got to play in a basically an all NBA game at Key Arena and Lenny Wilkins was his coach and guys like John Brockman and Sean Kemp, all those guys were there. Oh wow. That Jamal awesome. Crawford. Yeah, it was awesome to see him play publicly with all the NBA guys. It was pretty pretty special. Well, my my friend, thank you so much. It's hey, great talking to you as always. And uh, I wish you I wish you the very best. Continued success. Thank you, sir. You too. I'll talk to you soon. 
As a leader in advanced HVC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness. From electric cars to electric water heaters to electric heating and cooling, the future is electric. The demand for all of our electric heat pumps have never been greater. So there's no better time to join our community of premier contractors and grow your business. Here are some of the reasons why partnering with Mitsubishi Electric is a great idea. Mitsubishi is the number one selling heat pump in America and has been the industry leader for over 35 years. Mitsubishi offers local technical support and has a network of excellent distributors. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. To find out more, contact MitsubishiComfort.com. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day unless you have other plans.